welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 80, Q&A with the Turkey Hitman. And I am your host, who is getting ready for one last hurrah for 2016 spring turkey season. And we are 300 14 days, 11 hours, 3 minutes, and 52 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season 2017 in Alabama. This has been a good week of recovery for me from a long turkey season. I got a good night's rest Saturday night and Sunday morning and several good solid 10 to 12 hour work days in this week as well. And it's getting close to time to go hunting again. My annual trip out of state is quickly approaching and I'm trying to get prepared for it. If I can get prepared, I can get excited about it. Right now I'm so snowed under with the J-O-B that I'm having a hard time thinking about taking time off of work. But I have a feeling that as soon as my boots hit the dirt, that my mind will get where it needs to be pretty quickly. And I'll get focused on turkey hunting again. Okay. So I'm going to make today's show a fairly quick one for reasons that I just mentioned to you. I've got a lot of hay to make and just a little bit of sunshine left to make it in. So here's what I've got for you today. I told you guys several weeks ago that I get lots and lots of questions from you all on social media and via email as well. I try really hard to answer all of those questions, but I do miss a few of them here and there. And of course, I'm apologizing for that. They're going to fall through the cracks, especially during turkey season when I'm in the woods anywhere from three to four hours a day every single day. And on the weekends or the long weekends, which I seem to take quite a few of during turkey season, I'm in the woods almost all day long. But there are just so many questions that come in leading up to and in turkey season that is nearly impossible to answer them all and do all of the other things that are required of me. So today I want to read and answer some of those questions you guys have asked me over the past six to eight weeks. And I'm not going to be able to get to all of them today, but I'll cover as many as I can in the time I have allotted for today's show. And now some of these questions I have already gotten back to the person who asked me the question. But I know there's at least one, maybe two of them, where I actually missed replying to the questions. So I'm going to hit those today. And I'm ready to jump in and tackle these questions. So let's cut and run with them. Question number one, Bruce Staley 
on Twitter asked me, have you ever shot at a turkey and missed and then been able to get him later? Or does he become impossible to call in? The answer to that question is this. I have never missed a turkey. I don't know. All right. Now, you guys know that's a lie. So, <laughs> I have shot and missed turkeys. And I'm pretty sure I've been able to kill some of those birds later on in the season. Now, I do know for a fact that I have called in and killed turkeys that some of the other hunters in my club have missed the day before. For instance, one day I show up at the hunting club later than I want to get there. I get there about dark and I would much rather get there around three or four in the afternoon even just to get one roosted if I don't get the opportunity to get out and get on one. And one of the guys in the club, Danny, says to me, Andy, I know where a turkey is if you want to go hunting tomorrow morning. So, of course, I'm interested. So we go look at the map, and he tells me where he thinks the turkey's roosted. And the turkey's roosted back behind the pond on the hunting club. Well, my experience in hunting at the hunting club is that about 70 to 80% of the turkeys that have ever been killed off the property that I know of have been killed within about 400 yards of that pond. So not thinking that I was being put on a bird that had been missed that afternoon, I sign out for that area where that turkey is so that I can go into that area the next morning to hunt him. So I get into that area and the turkey's gobbling. He's on the roost, gobbling his brains out. And I slip in to the area where the turkey is. I get as tight on that turkey as I think I can get in the area where I think the turkey's gonna go after he flies down and I sit down and I wait. And as soon as it gets light enough for the turkey to fly down, he flew down, he was on the opposite ridge from me. Now, it's pretty flat at the hunting camp. And so this turkey's 100 yards from me and he's gobbling. Well, as soon as he hits the ground, I call to him and he responds. I call to him again, a little bit more aggressively, and he responds. And when he did, I shut up. I said everything I needed to say to him. I called, he answered, I gave him just a little bit more to let him know that I was really interested in maybe getting his phone number or something. And he responded again. That was all I needed. So within about five minutes, here he comes up to the top of the ridge that I'm on, strutting, drumming, and well, I carried him out in the back of my vest. When I got back to the camp with the turkey, of course, Danny was still out hunting. And when he got back in, he said, hey, I heard a shot. Was that you? And I said, yeah, that was me. And he said, did you kill that bird that I told you was in there? And I said, yeah, you sent me in there. Of course I killed him. What else did you expect me to do? And he said, oh, man. I said, why? He said, because I had that bird come into where I was hunting yesterday afternoon and I missed him. And so I saw where he flew up and I didn't know if you'd be able to get in there and kill him or not. I said, well, at least you didn't tell me that you called him in and missed him because then I probably would not have gone in there. So a lot of times what you don't know won't hurt you, and that is very true in the turkey woods. Another example of that, Bruce, is just two weeks ago when I was on the trip around the world with my buddies. Well, what I didn't tell you guys about the incredible hunt that I had Sunday morning is Todd and I both killed turkeys. Well, the two turkeys that we killed actually came in to our setup together. I shot and killed my turkey, 
and when I shot, Todd shot immediately after me and missed his turkey. His turkey went running off putting in the opposite direction from where all the other turkeys went. Well, 45 minutes later, we called that turkey across a cow pasture, and he came in at a dead run and died 20 steps from the end of Todd's shotgun barrel. 45 minutes after he had been missed, we called that bird back in to a completely different area about 200 yards from where we missed him and killed that turkey. So just because you miss one, it does not mean that that bird is unkillable. You've educated that bird. You're going to have to be a little bit less aggressive most of the time, even though I will tell you we were more aggressive on the bird that we called in for Todd. If you shoot and miss a turkey and you don't get up and run or chase after that turkey, he doesn't know what that sound is. It's loud and it's scary and it'll cause him to run off a lot of times, especially Easterns. But that turkey, unless you chase after him, all he knows is he's heard a sound and he's not necessarily going to be scared of that area. He's not necessarily going to be any more call shy. That bird is still killable, so don't give up on him. All right, question number two. Brandon Mulnix on Facebook asked, I'm headed to Kansas on my first out-of-state hunt, and the weather forecast looks wet. Any tips to hunting in the rain? I only have three days to hunt, and two out of those three days look wet. Well, Brandon, I answered this question for you on Facebook, but for those of you listening who didn't get the benefit of getting the answer that I sent to Brandon, the first tip I have for hunting in the rain, especially when you're on an out-of-state trip with limited time, the first tip I have for you is to go hunting. You can't kill a turkey if you don't go hunting. So get in the woods. If it's just rain, it's not going to kill you. If it's rain with lightning, then yeah, you may want to rethink that and stay inside, at least until the lightning passes. And of course, if there's straight line winds and tornadoes, there's no reason to go out. There's no reason to get out in the woods, far from your camp, or far from the safety of home, and have an accident. Have a tree fall across the road and block you in. Have a tree fall in your vehicle. Or worse, have a tree fall on you. The weather's that bad, don't go. But if it's just rain, get out there and go hunting. Okay, the second tip I have for hunting in the rain is, if it's just rain, and not rain and wind, but if it's just rain, the birds should be in the fields like crazy. So check the fields in the area that you're hunting and look for birds there. Another good place to look for birds is on the roads. If your roads are pretty wide, they have a wide right-of-way on them, then those are good areas. Power lines, gas lines are also good areas to look for turkeys on rainy days. Now, if it's wind and rain that you're dealing with, then check the draws and the bottoms out of the wind, and you should find some birds there. All right, so the third tip I have for you is be persistent and patient. You know, a lot of times when it's raining, if it's raining pretty hard, it's hard to hear around you. So you may find that you have to deer hunt turkeys if you can't hear them gobble. And if that's the case, then set up some decoys and call loud enough for a bird to hear you but not a bird in the next state. So don't call terribly loud, but you do want to magnify that calling a little bit so that the sound will travel a little bit further. 
Okay, so here's a question that I completely missed on Facebook. Wesley Carruthers from Liberty, West Virginia, asked me if I found a place to hunt in West Virginia already. Wesley, first of all, I apologize for missing your question. And to answer your question and not be rude, yes, my buddies and I have found a place to go in West Virginia. And when I get back from that trip, I'll let you know how it turned out. I believe I'm going to be about two and a half hours south and a little bit east from where you are there in Liberty, West Virginia. All right. Bruce Staley, again on Twitter, said, I finally struck a bird at 10 a.m. today. He came in real quick and hung up about 80 yards out. I watched him on the side of a ridge strut and drum for about 15 minutes, and then he just left. His question is, do you think that bird was just not interested, or was he expecting the hen to come to him? Bruce, that bird was definitely interested, but he didn't see the sweet young thing that was talking to him. And if I get a bird that's hung up at about 75 or 80 yards away, then I found that just going silent on them works about as well as anything else. Make that turkey come look for the hen that was calling to him. Now, if you can see that turkey and you're calling to him, then he knows the exact leaf that the animal that was making that call is standing, or in your case, sitting on. So he knows that that hen that's calling to him should be able to see him. So he's just going to hang up out there at 75 or 80 yards, and he's going to display, and he's going to drum, and he's going to wait on that girl that's been talking sweet to him to show up. It's just the way the turkey world works most of the time. So, anytime you can see a turkey out in front of you, and that turkey has come to your calling, it's best just to be quiet and not make any more sound. Make him come look for that hen that was calling to him. Okay, the next question comes from Robert, whose handle on Twitter is WhitetailGhost. He says, I'm going to try to fill one more tag. Do you have any advice on late afternoon hunting? Well, of course I've got some advice on late afternoon hunting. Try to find that area where the turkeys are going to roost. Hopefully you know your turkeys well enough to know where they are mid-afternoon. And if you know where those turkeys are early to mid-afternoon, and you know where they're going to roost, then you want to try to get in between where they are in the afternoon and where they're going to roost at night. And you can certainly call a turkey in late afternoon. The one thing that I will tell you about late afternoon, well, about afternoon hunting, period, is if you get a turkey to gobble in the afternoon, you need to be prepared to sit down because a lot of times that turkey will cover a lot of ground to get to where that hen was calling. And a lot of times they'll do it very quickly. So don't get caught off guard. If the turkey's coming slowly, then maybe you can get up and cut the distance a little bit. But I would sit down very soon after I get that turkey to gobble so that you're not caught off guard. All right. Now Jack submitted a question on the website. And Jack says, my question I have for you is about roosting turkeys. Well, it kind of ties in nicely with what I just talked about with Robert. I have never had much luck locating a bird in the afternoon going up to roost. Do they usually start to head up in the tree right before sunset, right at sunset, or when it's pretty much too dark to see? I figure since they're not great flyers, they would fly up before it gets dark. 
but I have never had any luck. I have always been pretty close to them in the morning, but never can actually roost one. So, Jack, I answered your question, but again, no one who's listening to this show has heard the answer. And I'm sure you're not the only person who has that question. So, the answer to Jack's question is this. Every turkey is different. And turkeys will often fly up at different times. Now, my experience is that turkeys are going to generally fly up about, I'd say, a half hour before it gets pitch black dark. Usually when it starts to get dusk dark, the birds will start to get pretty serious about flying up for the night. And a lot of times you can get a gobbler to gobble on the roost by owl hooting or by crowing as well. And a lot of times what I will do to get a turkey to gobble on the roost is I'll vary my calling on the crow call. Or when I'm doing an owl hoot, I will mix that hoot up a little bit to do something different to get that turkey to gobble. So in other words, if I hoot, and I don't get anything to happen, I do that two or three times and no gobbles, no response or anything, then I'll mix it up a little bit and I might try a higher pitch hoot. Or I'll even combine those pitches and do a hoot that sounds something like this. And just by doing a little something different like that, you can even vary the volume in the same call. So start off a little bit lower and then come in a little bit louder on the last part of that call. So it's going to sound like So to start first part out low, come in a little bit louder on the last part. A lot of times that's all you need to get that turkey to shock and gobble. Now one thing that I do want to throw out there is that it's often very hard if a turkey has hens with him. The hens are roosted nearby. It's often very hard to get that turkey to gobble on the roost. And if you think about it, it makes sense. You know, the dude's social calendar is already filled for the day tomorrow. He's got no reason to book another appointment, so why would he talk? So that's just a little bit of advice for getting a turkey to gobble on the roost. Don't forget other locator calls like coyote howls. Those can work wonders as well. And if you're out of sight from that turkey, you may want to just throw out a little hen yelp and maybe a little fly-up cackle. Sometimes that's all it takes to spark a little gobble from a lonely tom sitting up in a tree getting ready to call it a night. So for you guys who are still hunting, try out those tactics and see if they work for you to get a bird to gobble on the roost. So that's all the Q&A that I have for you guys today. Now before I cut you loose, I want to just say thank you to all of you guys listening to the show. I truly appreciate all of you who have reached out to me to let me know how much you're enjoying the show. That really means a lot to me. You know, as the season winds down for most of the country over the next couple of weeks, I want to invite you guys to continue to listen to the Turkey Hunter podcast throughout the summer. I'm going to keep on going with weekly shows, so I need listeners. And we're going to have some really good guests on the show. And we're going to cover some awesome topics as well over the summer. So leading into the fall season, I plan on bringing you guys some really good fall turkey hunting and land management info as well. So just because turkey season's ending in your neck of the woods, that doesn't mean you have to quit feeding your brain all the turkey and turkey hunting information that we dish out on this very show for you. 
And this spring, you guys blew my goals for downloads out of the water. I am so appreciative of that, and I'm excited about it as well. As listenership for the show grows, it enables me to be able to twist the arms of a few more guests to get them to come on the show and share some of their incredible knowledge with us as well. So, with that said, I'm asking you to do the same four favors again for me this week as I do every week. Number one, please like, forward, and share the show on social media. That is a huge help. And Bob Smith and PA, I want to thank you because every single week on Twitter you share the show, and I am very appreciative of that. Number two, Please tell a buddy about the show and some of the great things that you learned from it as well. Word of mouth is great advertising for the show, so if you're learning something from the show, give back to the show and tell a buddy or ten buddies about the show. Number three, please subscribe to the show. Subscribing is free, it's painless, and it allows you guys to be notified as soon as a new episode is posted. Number four, be sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.